Our desire is to become gospel-shaped people who, in response to the grace received from Christ, follow his example of love and service to others. Exploring this transformation through the reflection of God's word and the experience of others as we go. trying to keep in balance with him and and trying to look at some of the same areas that he has and um, just taking time to explore the prayer, but also trying to come to some of my own conclusions or maybe even just wording it a a different way so that even though we're covering a lot of the same content, perhaps we're approaching it from different places and with just some uh, fresh ideas. So the last two weeks we got, we've been, again, we've been really slowly breaking down this prayer and really dissecting it and pulling it apart and really looking at, okay, so what do, what do these different parts of the prayer mean when we really look at them individually and we stop and examine them by themselves, just these individual sections and parts of the prayer. And so far we've gotten through our father who is in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven this opening part of the prayer to me really sets up how we should always be starting our prayer you know that this idea that we should no matter what it is we have in our heart to pray for the first thing that we ought to ask actually excuse me before we even ask first thing we have to do is acknowledge who god is Acknowledge Him, acknowledge His holiness, our Father. You are our Father, you are in heaven. Holy is your name, hallowed be your name, and your will be done. Giving my praise and my honor first. But that also does excite me, though, that there is a part of the prayer that we get to today. And it's the first point of the prayer where we actually do turn a little more inward for a request. And so the only part we really want to look at today is just the very next line. Give us this day our daily bread. So the prayer is nearly halfway done at this point. And it's only at this point that we get to a request. A request for something that we need. Give us this day our daily bread. And there's a, just a couple things I really want to pick apart with this and think and reflect on. The, the first is just that, that the prayer is nearly halfway over and we're only just now getting to a portion where we are asking for something, for bread, for food, for sustenance, for a need. Like it says bread, but I think for our purposes, we could really make this assumption that really what we're asking for here is a need something that we need but before we can before we've gotten to that point we've spent all this time praising God 
talking about how he's our father. He's in heaven. He's always with us. And he's a collective father. We're in this together. And that his name is holy. And that we want to do what he wants. We want to follow his commands. We want his will to be done. And now, give us this day our daily bread. We take so long to get to this point. And I think that is such a healthy and such a good thing for us to take note of. When Christ says, pray like this, do it like this. How often do we start our prayers with an immediate request? With an immediate request of, I need this. I want this. Please do this for me. And and I don't even mean that necessarily in in a negative way as in you shouldn't be need like don't hear me and think that I'm saying that you shouldn't need anything or you shouldn't ask for things, you shouldn't want things. That's certainly not the case. As clearly in this prayer that Christ says to pray, there is a time to ask. There really is. There's a time to say, Father, today I need bread. Father, today I need this. Give me this. Give me my daily bread. Help me. There is a time to ask, but I think there is something very important and very noteworthy that we aren't asking for anything until after we've acknowledged who God is, who he is to us, what he's already done for us, and our own desire to follow him. I think that will completely shape and shape and reshape what we ask for, what we pray for. We've been talking about living a gospel-shaped life, and I think this goes right along with that. This idea of looking at this prayer and saying, okay, I know who God is. I want to serve him. I want to follow him. And now that's going to shape some of the things that perhaps I do and I don't ask for. So before we even ask for something as simple as bread, a simple need, First, we should acknowledge who God is, acknowledge his role in our life, and allow that to shape us. The second thing that comes to mind is the fact that it's referred to as daily bread. Give us this daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. This this always strikes me because I think for a while I used to think, why pray for daily bread? Why not pray for monthly bread? Why not pray for a year's supply of food? Why not pray for to never run out of food? I think there's several things happening here. You know, obviously one thing we could look at scripturally is looking back in the Exodus when God told the Hebrews, you know, only collect the food that you need for the day. Like only collect what you need. Don't collect any extra from the manna that was falling from heaven. And I think there's some obvious parallels here, you know, but why would that be the case? Why does it matter to, if, to pray for daily bread instead of weekly bread or, or monthly, yearly bread? I think we as people have a tendency when we are given plenty to then become reliant and loyal to that thing. If we're given plenty of money, I feel like we have a tendency to then become reliant on that money, to put our trust in that money, because now that's what I have a lot of and that's what I can rely on. 
you know, where if I had, if I knew that I had a year's worth of food, suddenly I'm not worried about where I'm getting my next meal from, where my food's coming from. And my, and my trust and my reliance is really on the food now. But there's something happening when I, when I ask only for daily. When I only ask for what I need today, there's something that's happening, I think, that is formulating this trust and this dependence upon God of me saying, I only need you to provide for today. Because for one, I'm only guaranteed today. And tomorrow, as Jesus says, tomorrow will take care of itself. It has enough worries. So let's worry about today. But if I'm asking for something today, then I can come back and I can ask tomorrow. And I can come back and ask the next day. This, I think, goes right along with it. one of my favorite passages and many people's favorite passages in Isaiah 40. You know, it talks about, you know, those who will hope in the Lord and he'll renew their strength. And just that word renew, I think, is so vital and so important to, to latch onto is it's painting to me, it's painting this picture that, you know, when I ask God for strength, he doesn't just imbue me with with infinite strength and courage and, and charisma and all these things that I need. And now I'm good forever. One day I think that may be the case, but today, while on this side of heaven, while I'm on earth, things don't seem to work that way. I seem to always get tired. Every day that comes and goes, I'm tired again. I'm hungry again. I'm thirsty again. But God promises that I'll renew your strength. Renew to me seems like an action word, an active word. It's something that is happening over and over and over again. It's not a one and final thing. God says, I'll renew your strength. And the next time you get tired, I'll renew it again. And the next time you get tired, I'll renew it again. And I think that's there's something similar. There's something important happening here when I ask for, give me just my daily bread. Just take care of me today, and then I'll come back to you tomorrow. And I'll come back to you tomorrow. And my reliance is on God. My reliance isn't on the food. My reliance is on God. And I think that's what, that's what he wants us to see. And I don't think it's then any mystery as to then why Christ in the gospel of John refers to himself. He says, I'm the bread. You know, he, he, he talks in, in John chapter five and six, you need to come to me. You don't need to look to these other worldly things. You need to come to me. And there's one last thing I want to look at. It's if we just read a little bit further in Matthew after the prayer in Matthew chapter seven, it's when Christ is talking about, he's saying, and he's once again, bringing up like asking God for things, you know, asking it shall be given, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open, you know. For anyone who receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Which of you, if when he asks, if he asks his father for bread, excuse me, which of you, if his son asked him for bread, would give him a stone or asked for a fish would give him a snake? To me, this, this can link right back to asking God for daily bread and knowing that he will answer. He will answer in a kind and generous way. How many fathers would give a stone? How many fathers would give a snake? 
Our God is not like that. We've already referred to him as our Father. Now, again, don't hear what I'm not saying. Sometimes our prayers are not answered in the way that we think that they ought to. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's a wonderful thing because still it it, it sets this idea up that I'm, I'm reliant on God. So while I may ask for daily bread, I may ask for something I think I need, I still want to trust and to surrender to God and know that in whatever way he answers is good because he is a good father and he's not going to give me a stone. He's not going to give me a snake. Sometimes in my own selfishness or in my own pride and vanity, I might think of his gifts as rocks and snakes, but they aren't. They're all good and gracious things from a good father. Give us this day our daily bread. My prayer would be that we are able to come to God with this prayer, that we are able to sit and ask God for what I need today. No more. Just ask for what I need today and know that I can come back to the Father every day and he'll be there to greet me. He'll be there to take care of me in the best way that he can and the way that he knows how and that is good for me and I can trust that I can be satisfied in that um, we're only halfway done with this um with this prayer and I appreciate you taking the time to listen to me kind of ramble on for just a little while um, and we have just I think a few weeks left two or three weeks left that we'll continue looking at this prayer and then hopefully uh have an opportunity to get to talk to some more people again about um, what a gospel-shaped life looks like for them. But uh, as of right now, I hope that you're allowing prayer and the Lord's Prayer to help shape you and to help shape you along, or shape you along this, this gospel life as we, as we go and as we walk this together with our Father.